Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So it's just me hosting today because we've let Casper go hang out with his family. He negotiated in his contract, that and the green M&Ms. But I'm not alone today because I will be joined by the wonderful Mariah. And Mariah is bringing questions about her love life and actually right now her lack of love life and what that means for her, whether or not she wants to be pursuing more of a romantic love life. And as you all know, I love talking about love, so I'm really excited for this conversation with Mariah. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is The Real Question. Today, we're joined by Mariah. She is a day job in admin and communications and does theater and burlesque in her quote-unquote spare time. She lives with a dog, a cat, a toddler, and her best friend in Seattle, Washington. Thank you so much for joining us, Mariah. Thanks. I'm excited to be here and have this conversation. So, Mariah, how did you find yourself on The Real Question? Well, I actually started listening to Harry Potter and the Sacred Text many I've years ago. Yes, you've heard of it. And how I found that podcast is I was in a Harry Potter burlesque show. And what? Our, our producer, I don't know how she found the podcast, but she had found Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, told everybody about it backstage. We all started listening. And then a group of us went to a live show when you guys were here in Seattle. The Fremont Abbey one? Yes, the Fremont Abbey one. And then after the show, about four of us went to hang out afterwards and talk. And after that, three of us started an in-person group, like a, a rating group that apparently everybody else did the same thing when you all did live shows. And we thought that we were really cool because we were the first ones. <laughs> You are really cool. Wait, but who did you play in Harry Potter burlesque? I did a Hermione act. Basically, it was Hermione casts a spell 
and the books come to life. The Harry Potter books are like all books. All books, just like whatever oh books she's God. holding. And then yeah. there was this book boa situation. So it was like a boa that looked like the pages of a book that came out. And then I did a whole boa act and it was really fun. So it was like burlesque of self-discovery through reading because we're nerds as well as weirdo theater people. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I'm such a romance novel person. I was like, is it a strip tease for Victor Crumb? <laughs> but <laughs> other people have definitely done sort of the more like fanship burlesque yeah. ideas. But I was like, Hermione is special and she yeah. deserves self actualization through reading. So could not agree more. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. Well, I'm so glad that you found us and that you yeah. jumped train tracks from Harry Potter and the Sacred Text <laughs> over here. But can you tell us a little bit what brought you onto the show today? Yeah. So my uh, question that I'm bringing revolves around me. I, I'm 35 and I've been single most of my adult life. I've done some dating, but nothing very long and nothing that felt like it was something that t was going to turn into a partnership. And along the way, I learned how to have a really fantastic single life. <laughs> I have very close, intimate friendships and like a fantastic support system in that. I also, two years ago, bought a house with my best friend. That is like the dream. I know. That's like what you talk about in college and, like, no one does. It's pretty amazing. I was really pleased that we actually made this happen and that we made it happen right before the pandemic. So that was good timing on our part. Oh, smart. So she is also a single mom to a little kiddo. And I'm a very involved auntie. And I love it. I love my little family and our household. And this really full life that I have crafted for myself at the same time, I often really feel a lack of a romantic partner and somebody to share that kind of connection with. But then I look at my life and I go, I don't want to give anything up. And I'm not sure how to find the space in order to welcome somebody in or make something different. And I'm at this kind of impasse. So I'm bringing this question today that is about what kind of space I am willing to open up in my life and what does that allow me to offer a romantic partner and can that look different than I've always thought it would look? So what what is this craving of a romantic partner? Is it the physical aspect? Is there some other emotional part to it? What is this romantic partner in your head? Yeah, I do think that it, a lot of it is that physical intimacy that I'm missing, but it's also that person that cares a lot about me just as who I am on the day-to-day. -day. And I do have that some with my best friend, but I think it's somebody who's particularly focused on our emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And I think it's somebody that, you know, cherishes me and somebody to sit at home and pet the dog and watch movies and cuddle. And I think it's somebody to check in with every day and see how you're doing and what you're thinking about. But I don't know if it's somebody that, like, I live with. I have a very particular way that I like to spend my time and I like my bedroom the way that it is and I don't want anybody else's stuff in it. And so, yeah, I think maybe I do know what I want. And it's a 
romantic connection, but not with somebody that I live with. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're making this ooh <laughs> face. I think I'm not sure if that's fair to ask somebody else to want as well. That feels kind of selfish when I'm not sure that I'm willing to bend as much to fit into whatever situation they have for me. I think that's what the confusion is about for me is that I kind of I know what I want, but it seems a little, yeah, it seems a little selfish and it seems a little unreasonable. It might not be selfish or unreasonable with the right match. Yeah. <laughs> right? The right match might be like, actually, that's a bit much for me. Right? <laughs> True. Definitely. Is there fear that that person isn't out there? I think there's two things. I think there's some fear that there's somebody isn't out there. I think there's some fear that that's not actually what I want also. Mm-hmm. Because I wonder if I made space in my life for a more traditional romantic partner, if I would actually really enjoy that. And if I'm unwilling to give something up because I'm scared that it won't happen and that then I'll feel lonely again. <laughs> because part of what happened is that I I was really lonely and I felt isolated and I did a lot of work and I built friendships and I built relationships that filled my needs. And I'm worried about giving those less attention and them disappearing and then being back where I started. Hmm. So I can't tell if this is what I really want or if it's something that feels feasible without taking a lot of risk. So I'm going to sound like I'm mocking you and I swear to you, I'm not. But you're worried that you will find a partner who you like so much that you stop talking to all of your friends and stop spending enough time with them for them to be meaningful relationships. You may move in with this partner and then they break up with you and then you don't have that relationship or those friends anymore. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so like the non at all mocking you version of this, right, is that you're worried that you're going to fall in love with someone and be swept up in it and give up all of the wonderful things that you have, right? Is that what I'm hearing? I think so. I also have this sense that I have to give up some of what I have in order to even make room for that possibility. Because I this is theoretical. I don't have right. somebody in front of me that I'm deciding whether to go deeper in the relationship. This is me thinking about what might be next and wondering if I need to make more space ahead of time in order for something to grow. What, what would space ahead of time look like? I think some of it is, I mean, how do you even meet people? And some of that is like literal time. I don't have a lot of free time. And I think I could make some free time to go out and meet people, to go on more Cupid dates or uh, that kind of thing that I'm not really even giving a lot of energy to finding somebody. But what it sounds like you're like, I would be giving up something specific in order to spend time on that. What is the thing that you would not do if I said to you, okay, you have to spend six hours a week trying to get dates and on dates? What it, What is that six hours a week taking away from? 
I think it's time with my friends. I think especially because I am somebody that likes to spend one-on-one time with my friends, then I have a lot of my time in my week that I dedicate to taking a walk with a friend, having dinner, that kind of thing. And I think that's what I would have to give up. And that feels icky. (laughs) Yeah, no one wants to be the person in high school who gets a boyfriend and then disappears, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, none of us want to be that person, that stereotype. Mariah, before we move to your text, can you explain to me this relationship that you have with your friend's kid, with your kiddo? What is this relationship? Because that's a big thing to risk, right? You currently live with this child. If you were to meet someone and move out, whew. So what is your like formal and then informal relationship with this kid? Absolutely. So I'm Aunt Mariah and I do a lot of the day-to-day. I mean, I wake up in the morning and she's there and we make coffee together. She likes to push the buttons on the coffee maker. And then I have a couple of times a week that are Aunt Mariah times that I specifically spend with her. And then we, we have dinner together, me and my friend and the kiddo every night. And now that she is almost two, that's a little bit of a production. And I have committed to being part of the production. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a burlesque show. It, pretty much, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's also just like the Sisyphean dishes. Yes. So well, part of my job in the household is dishwashing. Okay. Well, you can't find a partner. It wouldn't be I can't to your leave. <laughs> No, you can't. You gotta stay. Sorry. End of episode. But I mean, we're joking about that. But like, honestly, I think when we originally thought about moving in together, it was a little bit more of a, I would have my own space, you would have your own space, and we would have some shared space. But because we moved in in the pandemic, we intertwined our lives much more so than I think we might have. And at this point, like, we are family. We live together. We do everything Together in the household, you know, she cooks, I clean most days. (laughs) And it's very much an intertwined life. So me leaving would be a big deal. And I don't know that that is something that I'm prepared to do in the short term. I think in the long term, I could imagine having a close relationship with this kiddo without living with her. But when they're little, the day-to-day is the point. (laughs) And so I always imagined living here for at least five years until she was five and maybe longer, but that's, we got another three years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there anything else about this situation that you feel like I need to understand in order for us to start looking at texts? I think the one thing that I haven't mentioned is that I am queer and date women. And like, I, I think there is some anxiety around like there's already a small pool and limiting that pool even farther is like, Ooh. Yeah. And, and, and I do think it changes the dynamic in the sense that I'm already looking at some quote unquote, non-traditional relationships, but also that it's like, there's fewer options. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Upsides and downsides. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. That is very important. I feel like now we've inputted all of this data into the computer system. And the last piece of data we have to input is the text. And so let's do that (laughs) and see what bleep, boop, bleeps like out on the other end. 
which is a technical term. So what is this first text that you brought for us today? So my first text is the song Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. I love Frozen 2. I do too. I actually really loved these movies and the music really spoke to me. So <laughs> so tell us about this song, Into the Unknown, from Frozen 2. Yes. So this song happens at the beginning of the film. Elsa, who is the Snow Queen and has figured out her magical powers in the first movie, now in the second movie, is living this nice, quiet life with her sister and her sister's boyfriend and her sister's boyfriend's reindeer and their pet slash friend, Snowman, in their palace, and everything is hunky-dory. Then there's this voice that she keeps hearing in the night, and it feels like it's tugging on her magic, and she sings this really epic song where she's in the middle of the night woken up by this voice and is saying, I don't want to hear you. I hear you, but I don't want to hear you, and I'm ignoring you because I, I can hear you. don't want to find out what you're asking me to do so it is uncanny how much you're elsa (laughs) thank you that is the best compliment i have ever gotten (laughs) i'm like aghast so which section of this incredible song did you bring for us it's really the beginning um but it starts with Everyone I've ever loved is here within these walls. I'm sorry, secret siren, but I'm blocking out your calls. I've had my adventure. I don't need something new. I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown. Everyone I've ever loved is here within these walls. I'm sorry, secret siren, but I'm blocking out your calls. I've had my adventure. I don't need something new. I'm afraid of what I'm into the unknown. Okay. So what what question is in this text for you? I think this is really in some ways illustrating what I am afraid of. <laughs> this sense of I have everything I need. What am I doing? I have a lot of my emotional needs taken care of with my friends and my family. I have a day-to-day life that feels fulfilling. I'm afraid of risking all of this to go into something that is unknown, that I don't know if I want, that I don't know if it will be as fulfilling as what I have now. And I also really connect with this sense of Elsa hearing the song, hearing the siren and saying like, I hear you, but I don't want to hear you because Mm -hmm. it feels like she is closing something down that could be a possibility for her and intentionally being like, nope, nope. I'm putting my hands on my ears. I don't want to hear it. I recognize that you're calling me into something exciting and that you're calling me out to a new adventure, but I don't want an adventure. I'm here I made my place. I don't need to go anywhere else. And that feels like where I am right now Mm -hmm. with this whole situation. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you how that works out for Elsa? I mean, she ultimately does listen to the siren. (laughs) And I think closer to the end of the song, she in fact starts to change her mind because she starts to say... 
I also want to go with you. I also want to follow this siren call into the unknown. I, I want to know what's out there. So yeah, she does decide to go for it. I mean, what I really hear in this text in the section of the song that you brought us is the fear that we started talking about a little bit, right? I mean, she literally says, I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you. And what's interesting, and another reason that I think this text is so apt for your life, is that Elsa at this point in the film does not know what the secret siren is calling her to. And it's similar with you, right? It would be different if there was a person in front of you who was giving you an ultimatum and was like, move in with me or, right? It would be a different question. But you have this, right, like this secret siren and you're not totally sure what it's saying, but you just know that it's out there and it's not in this house. Yes, absolutely. I think that I feel the call, but it is to something unknown, and how could I give up a lot of known good things that aren't 100% fulfilling, but are like 80% fulfilling mm. for something that might or might not actually work out? I'm going to ask now what I, th- what I think is like the most obvious question, which is if you go on one date, you're not risking everything. Absolutely. If you go on five dates with the same person, you're not yet risking everything. Right. Elsa's even afraid to dip her toe in Mm -hmm. because she's like, I don't know where it's going to go. But is there a reason why you wouldn't dip your toe in and like go on that first date? Because you're not actually risking anything yet by that. You're risking future risk. Agreed. And I certainly have. And I I certainly have had dating relationships that felt exciting and I didn't feel like I was risking anything. But as they get more intense, then it does feel like I'm risking something. And so I think, yeah, there's no reason not to go, but it's almost like the line isn't starting. The line of of risk is like going all in. (laughs) When I've been dating somebody for three months And it's starting to feel like we're serious and we're exclusive and that kind of thing. That feels like the risky point, not necessarily the things leading up to it. So is there a reason you can't put off the fear until then? Like if we put, (laughs) if we think of this fear as like a pond and you're just learning how to swim Mm -hmm. and like you're not scared of going up to your knees Like around the waist is when it starts to get scary (laughs) because you can't swim and like certainly by the neck. But there's like no reason why you can't splash around up till your knees. Yeah, that makes sense. Because right now it is so theoretical. It's so I'm trying to envision something without something in front of me. And if there was something in front of me or someone in front of me, maybe that would be a little less scary and that risk would feel or not that the stakes would be lower because the I think the stakes are the same because I'm risking the same thing no matter what but it would be like I am comparing something that is also high stakes you know also something that I would really want whereas now it is just a blob (laughs) and I don't know if I want that (laughs) 
I mean, what you just described does sound like a harder problem, right? Because like, <laughs> so it makes sense that you're scared now because you're like, then it'll be, do I live with this friend and kid who I love or this person who's real and who I love? Right. Like, that's yeah. a harder problem. Yes. <laughs> it's a clearer problem, right? Like it's a, a clearer eyed problem, but it is, whew, that would not, that would not be a fun problem. Right. I think that is part of it is that there's there's risk involved in every stage of this. There's like giving up time with my friends to go on dates. And then there's the potential of spending less, you know, having fewer family dinners because I'm out with this potential partner. And then down the road, there's potentially not even living with my family and living with this new person. And like there's risk involved in every stage of it. But it is different risk. And I hadn't really thought that through. The thing I'll say is, I'm sure glad that Peter invited me into his family, right? Like, he had two kids and a whole life. And, like, I will say, like, he had some, like, really stark terms, right? It was, like, his kids were always going to come first. And it was either up to me if I was okay with that or not, right? It's not like he was like, I'm okay missing family dinners. He wasn't. I was invited to family dinners, but like that felt like a warm, lovely invitation, not like a selfish, I can't believe he won't prioritize me thing. I was like, thank God he prioritizes his daughters. (laughs) He's not an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate hearing that perspective because I do think there's a version of my future that I do invite somebody into this family and that they just seamlessly sort of like become part of the household and become part of the family. Yeah. I think if that is something that I want, (laughs) it's good to know that that could feel really warm and welcoming instead of I have these rules and you have to follow them. But like, I have a family. You want to join? (laughs) I hadn't really thought about that perspective. Well, why don't we transition to our other text? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
So Mariah, what is the second text that you brought us today? So this is a song by one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Heather May, and it is her love song to her now spouse, and it's called You Are My Favorite, and mm-hmm. like people play this at their weddings. This is like the ultimate love song, and I think it really spoke to me because it is like by a queer artist and like somebody who has really thought through a lot of a lot of things about who she is and what she wants and is singing yeah. this to this person that feels like her person. <laughs> so the text is, you are my favorite word. You are my favorite face. You are my favorite moment of every single day. You are my favorite word. You are my favorite face. You are my favorite moment of every single day. And the whole song is really just a list of favorites and things that she loves about this person and that everything that her spouse does is like her favorite of that type of thing. And I think that I chose this text because it represents that, like what I want I think <laughs> it is the it is the thing that feels fraught about a romantic relationship for me in some ways that it's being somebody's favorite and somebody being my favorite it feels like elevating that person above everybody else being the top priority being the most favorite <laughs> and in some ways that is what I want that I want to feel that I want to feel that I am somebody's favorite that I have somebody's favorite face, that I'm somebody's favorite moment of the day, that they're my favorite moment of the day. But that also feels scary. And like, well, if I'm choosing this person, if this person is my favorite, what about everybody else? And I think that gets me stuck. So like, it sounds like this song, you're like, oh, I want that. And then you're like, but do I? It feels like the lyrics to this song are sitting on my chest and suffocating me a lot. <laughs> that feels very accurate that it, I do, I both want this because I want to feel that kind of like love and just intensity with somebody. And then I think about that and I was like, I don't want to be your everything. <laughs> I never want to be somebody's everything. <laughs> that feels terrible. <laughs> if somebody sang this to me, I would smack them. I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> and I think that's the thing, right? Is that it's like, I, I don't know what this feels like. I think what I worry about is that I'm not anybody's favorite anything. You know, that I could look at this list and be like, okay, I have somebody who's my favorite word, somebody who's my favorite face, somebody who's my favorite moment of today. (laughs) But am I anybody's favorite anything? And I think that's where this anxiety comes from of like, if I continue in my life this way, everybody in my life has somebody else who has a who's like a higher priority most of the time than I am. Yep. I mean, except my dog, obviously. I am her favorite everything and I am her entire world. Oh my God, I'm not even my dog's favorite. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I, I do worry that I am missing out 
on not being that for anybody and not having that kind of relationship that sort of rises above everything else, that is that top priority, is that favorite, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I got to say, when when I first heard about your question, that was exactly the concern I had. I was like, oh, what if your friend meets someone else? How quickly can the sort of, I picture it for some reason as like toy soldiers, like they can all just like turn their backs on you, right? Like you have all these toy soldiers that you're playing with and you love playing with all of them. And like, what if they all turn their backs at the same time? That is true for every single person is I think the thing I want to say to you, right? Like the kid is going to go to college, right? <laughs> and like, and like, that's actually going to go by real fast. And there are moments in every relationship, you know, you can be favorites and then your mom has a stroke and it turns out it doesn't matter how much you're my favorite. I'm needed thousands of miles away. Like this is the risk and the pain of being alive. And you by not having a partner right now, I do think it's like more acute for you, right? Mm -hmm. But I just want to say like, this is true for every single person. There are times when we are no one's favorite. That is a great point that like, even finding this relationship that I think I want will not take away this feeling of anxiety. <laughs> that like there's negotiations on prioritizing relationships at all times. and Or their work is their favorite. Right. Yes, exactly. That there's everybody has things that sort of vie for their attention and their and their love even. <laughs> well, and now I'm thinking, do I really want to add one more relationship to have to figure out? <laughs> I mean, yes, I think is the answer, but but I am seeing it differently and thinking, well, okay, that actually doesn't change the fact that I will have to negotiate priorities and I will have to negotiate how much time I spend with different people. I already have to do that. And it would be, maybe there would be somebody who would be higher on that prioritizing list more of the time, but it mm -hmm. wouldn't be an end-all be-all, like, you're top of my list forever and for always. Like, even if we say that, things change. And regardless of the situation, right? Like, mm -hmm. I will keep my movie date plans with you, even if there's an emergency with one of my best right. friends, right? Like that's not, <laughs> like that's not how it works. <laughs> I mean, the other thing, right, is like you could meet a woman with a kid, right? Like, mm -hmm. so like you could not be their favorite in a way that you really respect and admire. Yeah, that's true, right? That like I'm struggling with this question of, well, I want, I want to be somebody's favorite. I want them to be mine, but also they're kind of not ever going to be mine because I have all of these people that I love and maybe there's somebody out there who's in the same place and has like I want you to be my favorite this, but I'm that you're not <laughs> going to be my favorite everything. And and right. that maybe that is actually much more feasible than I think it is. I mean, it's messier. And the, the thing I really mm. want to say is that What's so frustrating about what you're trying to do is that it actually sounds very organic and authentic, and yet there are, like, no social systems or social norms for these things. Like, it's really hard to say, I live with my best friend. She's not just my best friend. We're co-parents, but 
no, it's not romantic, right? Like, absolutely. It, it's just hard when there aren't words for things, and like there, there's no box on OK Cupid for these things, right? Like, there's like divorced, have kids, <laughs> but there, there isn't what you're doing, and what you're doing absolutely. is like beautiful and makes complete sense, right? Like you made a bunch of loving, reasonable decisions. You weren't like, fuck the world, I'm burning it. You just made like (laughs) really lovely decisions step by step. And yet you've ended in this place where there are just like no boxes on the form for you. Absolutely. that's so hard. It is. And I think that is part of what feels fraught about all of this is that there's no roadmap I don't see anybody doing what I'm doing, and I don't know how to explain it. I often actually, when I don't, when I'm not going to be in relationship with somebody for very long, I say that I live with my sister because that feels like the easiest shortcut. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, I live with my sister and my niece. Like, that's the relationship that we have. And, And it does. It feels harder to contend with these questions that I hear you saying, like, everybody asks these questions. Like, about prioritization and about doing something even though it scares you. And like, it feels harder because it is so outside of what's expected and the norm. And there's no playbook. <laughs> no. And so it it feels, I think it is helpful though to pull out what are the questions that are unique to my situation and what are the like everybody deals with being somebody's favorite or not, everybody deals with the fear of going into the unknown, but n- not everybody deals with the particulars of where I am. No, not at all. And I can imagine, right, like Peter says to me on date whatever, like my kids will always be my priority. And I'm like, yep. And I can imagine you saying that on a third date and feeling less entitled to that feeling because it's like, well, it's Very not my biological so. kid, right? Mm-hmm. And like, even though it's true for you and like, that's such a pain in the ass to have to, <laughs> like, this sounds <laughs> exhausting to have to be like, it doesn't sound like it, but she actually is my kid, even though she's not my kid, but she is my kid. <laughs> well, and like, and I, you know, I'm actually pretty clear that I'm not parenting. Like I am an auntie. Right. And so that's something even different. I feel like it's right. In some ways it would be easier if it was like, you know, I'm parenting this kid, even though she's not my kid, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm very involved. I'm an auntie. There's just no box. Like I, I don't want my own kids. I am helping to raise this child, but I'm not really parenting her it's really complicated to explain my situation. And I think that makes it hard to see what even space there is. Like, what space is there? Because it's it's messy. <laughs> how would somebody fit in? I don't know. I barely know how I fit in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here, here are the things that I know to be true. I know that this kid is really lucky to have you. Mm-hmm. I know that your best friend is really lucky to have you. Yeah. It sounds like you're very lucky to have them, that they Mm -hmm. are a really big part of your life and a wonderful part of your life. I know your friends are lucky to have you and that that's mutual. And I know that if you meet a romantic partner, they will be lucky to have you, right? Like, and I know that all this is going to involve a lot of compromise and and messiness. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like I went into this conversation being like, how do I know what I'm willing to compromise? And now I'm thinking about it from the other side of like, what am I excited about compromising for? 
You know, mm. like, what do I really want? I I really think that I've lost track of that in some ways of like what I'm headed towards and what I want because I've gotten really bogged down in the like, but what am I giving up and what do I do with it? And how do I like keep this integrity of the relationships that I have? But like, I'm not compromising for nothing. The whole point of this is that I would be compromising for something that would add value And I think I had lost track of that in my spiral. (laughs) Well, I want updates and I want, I want to know how it all plays out. Yeah. I'm sorry. We live in a world that isn't always rising to meet you in the things Mm. that you deserve. Thank you. You know, I think there's part of me that's excited to see what's out there and to see what possibilities might happen and, I'll just channel my inner Elsa as I go out into the unknown. (laughs) (laughs) Mariah, thank you so much for bringing this really vulnerable question. And I think that I really think it's going to mean so much to so many listeners in all sorts of different family dynamics. I think everyone is going to know that feeling of I'm not this person's favorite, but they're mine or, oh no, I'm theirs and they're not mine, right? Like these are, or what am I giving up in order to do this other thing? Ugh, this is the stuff of life and being a human is hard. And just like, thank you for being so open about that in such a beautiful and thoughtful way. I know it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people. It meant a lot to me. Thank you. And for this week's Maxim, I would like to thank M. Indelicado, who sent in this from Brooklyn, New York. No one is a failure who has friends. And it is from It's a Wonderful Life. You've been listening to The Real Question. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. We talk a lot about a sound of music and other musicals on there. And so if you don't like musicals, you are listening to the wrong show. If you love our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod and Twitter at The Real Q Pod. We would like to thank our BFF tier patrons, new Laura Lorber. Welcome, Laura. Jenny Cruz, also relatively new. Amanda Schramm, Effie Hugh, Ashley Mail, Eloise Faring, Mary Margaret, Stephanie Fetterwish, Kristen Hall, Becky Boo, Biddy, and Ari. And I would like to be clear that we are not just excited about the new people. We love the ones who have stuck around as well. We're very grateful to all of you. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is the wonderful Ariana Nettleman. We are mixed by the wonderful Erica Wong. Our music is by Nick Bull, who's pretty great too. And we are distributed by Acast. Thank you so much to Mariah for joining us today. And thanks as always to Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Aramas, Gabby Iori, Stephanie Paulsell, and Casper Turkyle. Thanks everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.